The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas, and today I stand before you and I am eager to discuss the 1998 World Cup semifinal clash between France and Croatia. Certainly one of the most memorable games in World Cup history. I can also say also one of the most hard-fought, most exciting, and well, honestly, a little bit controversial too. Because of one little thing that happened, which I will get to later. The 1998 World Cup, well, it was my first World Cup tournament, okay? What's really hard for me to accept (laughs) is that I was not in France when this happened. The 1998 World Cup was not long after I had moved to the United States from France. But still, I was happy to see France win. I only wish I I could have been in France to watch it happen. It's not, but... It's not like I would have been in Paris celebrating with a crowd anyway. I mean, who knows? Maybe I would have. Maybe my dad would have taken me. I don't know. But watching France win their first World Cup that time, man, it was amazing. And I was I was only five years old, but I remember the entire experience as if it were yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Now, France was coming off to where, as you know, they had missed the previous World Cup. And they had a respectable but kind of a heartbreaking finish to the 1996 Euro where, of course, they were eliminated in the semifinals by the Czech Republic. Okay. And there was a lot... Well, no. No. No, 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 no. There was not any expectations for France in this World Cup. Coming into this World Cup, France was ranked between 20th and 30th in the international standings. Okay. France was not regarded as an amazing team. I mean, sure, they had talent, but a lot of people were saying they did not have the mentality, they did not have the experience, they did not have the passion to play. Little was really expected for the French national team. People probably just had him going as far as the quarterfinals, and that would be it. You know, I was only a kid, but I said no. I told my dad, I'm not going to make an official prediction, but I, t- but, but I promise you this. 
I promise my dad France is going to make the most out of this tournament, and you will be surprised on how good they do. My prediction ended up being true. And ladies and gentlemen, I swear to you on my grandfather's grave, I am not blowing smoke up your ass. I am telling you the truth. I promised to my mom and dad that France were going to do their best, and their, and their final result would shock you. And boy, did it. They went on to win their first title, defeating Brazil 3-0 in the final. Okay, That was the day Zinedine Zidane became a national hero for the French Republic. Quite honestly, I say that day he became God in France. But since I'm talking mostly about the game, about France between Croatia, let me go ahead and talk, take a look how both those teams started. So, like I said, France was ranked between 20th and 30th. If I were to guess, I mean, it, it, I would have to say probably 24th or 25th, because I saw that there's that video of FIFA that that's showing how Lilian Thuram really, you know, how performing in that game, which I'm going to get to also. But France was placed in Group C. They were paired up with Denmark, South Africa, and Saudi Arabia. France would sweep Group C, three three wins, nine points, a plus eight goal differential, scoring nine goals, allowing just one. Okay, great performance. Start off with a three nothing win against South Africa, followed by the four nothing win against Saudi Arabia, which uh, unfortunately saw Zinedine Zidane be sent off for uh, a stomp on a Saudi player. And France would actually, France, you know, decide just going all the way. You know what? Even even if a draw would have been fine. France is like no, we are winning. So France would take the win two one against Denmark in a hard in a hard fought game, and France was through was through to the round of sixteen. Now, now what's interesting about Croatia, you know, now to say <laughs> to say that nobody had any expectations on those dudes on that national team. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a hell of an understatement for you. Croatia was placed in Group H along with Argentina. Jamaica and Japan. You know what's amazing is that in this group, three na- nations were, de- were were this was their first appearance in the World Cup final. Japan, Jamaica, and Cro- and Croatia. This was their World Cup debut. Unfortunately for Jamaica, they have not been to a World Cup since. Japan has been to, uh, I, th- I think since then they've been to every single, every World Cup as far as I know, but the results really just haven't been, haven't really been great, but you know, still, they were there, that's, uh, that's important, but Croatia, I mean, Croatia, I mean, <laughs> two wins and one loss, wow, amazing, uh, not surprisingly, they did lose to a, to a well-built and pr- pretty talented Argentine team, but, but Croatia, g- going as far as they did, I mean, there's the ultimate Cinderella story for you, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, in 2014, Costa Rica had a hell had a hell of a Cinderella story. But if we're going to talk about the best Cinderella story in World Cup history, it has to go to the, to the 1998 Croatian squad. Yeah, you know, being the runners up in the group, making it to the final four, and you know who they eliminated to get there. I mean, it's just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable, and you know. And the Croatians had had just you know they were talented, you know Davor Suker obviously was the, was the superstar you know the scoring machine. I mean Dav- Davor Suker actually went on to actually be the the top scorer of the tournament, scored six goals. I mean, that's that's something you know you can't ignore. R- really did his country a great service. I mean that made him a national hero in Croatia. I mean I think this whole team became heroes when they returned home because Croatia, while they did lose to France in the semifinal. 
Croatia went on to win a third place game to bring home the bronze medal. I mean, that's huge. So it is not surprising that the Croatians came back home as national heroes. But now let's get to the round of 16. As you know, France played Paraguay in the round of 16. I mean, <laughs> well, another history was made. France would win in extra time. The first golden goal in World Cup history, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, scored by Laurent Blanc. But man, you know, I tip my hat to Paraguay for that game. I mean, you know, Sheila Ver, the goal, the Paraguayan goalkeeper. I mean, just fantastic save after save after save, repeatedly denying the French. I mean, it was coming to the point where there was a chance Paraguay was was going to pull off a massive upset, and the critics would actually be right. France was not good enough to challenge for the title. But Laurent Blanc said otherwise. I mean, David Trezeguet, who was, pro- I, th- I believe he was 20 years old at the time. 20, 21 years old. He was playing for Monaco at the time. He was just a kid. But I, th- I believe he was the one who provided the assist and Laurent Blanc would score. The game was over. I mean, just, just an exciting finish. I mean, I remember how I reacted. I remember my mom telling me, do not run around the apartment. <laughs> Lord knows how many times she had to tell me during that tournament. I mean, she had to tell me after the quarterfinals and the semifinals and after the final. <laughs> But, but man, France, you know, that game against Paraguay, I mean, even to this day, I, I still say, you know, Paraguay was probably the better team as far, at least as far as saves and defense goes, because France, you know, kept threatening and threatening, but couldn't score. But somehow, France finally got it through, but at the end of the day, you, you, you cannot talk about this game without giving any credit to Paraguay. I mean, if you refuse to give credit to Paraguay, you obviously haven't watched this game, and you have to go back and watch it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. At least I know the highlights. A great length of the highlights are on that game. Or, or, or on YouTube, I should say. But in the round of 16, Croatia beat Romania. I didn't actually see that game, but you know Romania t- topped uh, Group G, which included England, Colombia, and Tunisia. And you know, and Romania, Romania actually you know had a hard fought you know lost against uh, actually Romania had defeated England so. It was actually surprising. I mean, Romania was obviously the favorite, so the underdogs, the the Croat underdogs, just you know managed to pull off such an upset win. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, this might be something. You know, they did. Davor Suker scored. You know, the second minute of a uh, of injury time of the first half off of of a penalty, and Croatia were going to hold on. But but still, I mean, Croatia upsetting Romania. I mean, that was pretty huge. But just wait till the the upset they pull off in the quarterfinals. In my hometown of Lyon. Croatia and Germany. <laughs> you know, I, I watched this game. This was this is actually on the 4th of July. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know exactly what else I did that day. I mean, I'm pretty sure that my, my parents took me and my little brother to go see the fireworks. You know, there's no doubt about that. But I quite honestly... <laughs> Okay, the game was at 2100. No, this game was actually in the evening. If I'm correct. 4th of July. 20, it was at 2100 hours. That's like... Yeah, so that, that was actually at 9 o'clock our time, if, if I'm correct. But anyway... But, but, any, but, you know, anyway... If I remember correctly... I mean, okay. Getting, getting... Really getting distracted. But anyway... Watching this game, you know... The fact that... Germany was not scoring early on, early on in the game. You know, I really felt like, man, this something's not right. At least not for the Germans, because the Germans are just not getting the ball through. Okay, 
But then in the, in the third minute of a stoppage time in the first half, a, Cro- a Croat by the name of Robert Jarni, I hope I'm pre- pronouncing that correctly, by the way, scores to give the Croats a one nothing lead. Oh, boy. Well, that was surprising. But, of course, I told my dad, since it was right before the half, so I asked my dad, well, what do you think about that? And, of course, my dad always saying that, you know, Germany always plays the best soccer out of anybody. You know, they're always disciplined. They're talented. They have the winning mentality. They always have to focus. They always find a way to win. So my dad's like, well, you just wait. Croatia got lucky on this one, but you just wait. Germany's going to come back strong. Germany's going to score four unanswered goals. So I said, okay. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I'm not going to call you a liar, Dad. But that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, my dad decides to make a heavy prediction, and if and it never happens, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who was more humiliated. I mean, a German supporter or my dad? Because in the 80th minute, okay, that's where things picked up. Because a player named Goran Vlajovic, hope I'm, <laughs> I apologize for the mispronunciations, by the way, but Goran Vlajovic, okay. Makes it 2-0 in the 80th minute. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's over. Because if Germany would, would have been up, you know, by now they probably would have been up 3-1. Okay. And they haven't done anything. It's 2-0 Croatia. I mean, I turn around looking at my dad and my dad's like, clearly just that can of Diet Coke in his hand and him just, you know, taking a sip and then shaking his head. And he actually looks at me and smiles. I mean, it's, it's not like he was being arrogant about the prediction anyway. He's probably like saying, well, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. But but then Davor Suker, five minutes later, makes it 3 nothing, and and it was over. I was like, wow. Unbelievable. Who would have figured Croatia defeating the Germans 3 nothing in the freaking quarterfinals? Let me, let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that Germany were the defending European champions, okay? So, of course, the, the European champions versus the, de- you know, the team making their debut in the World Cup... Who obviously who already pulled off an upset against Romania, who really didn't think an upset was going to happen again, but Germany got humiliated by Croatia. Humiliated. I mean, humiliated's probably not not even enough. Though Croatia won fair and square. I mean, Croatia was just so disciplined, just focused. You know, they were fearless. They didn't fear the Germans. They didn't care how tough they were. They were probably thinking to themselves, "Yeah, everything they have, everything Germany has wanted, it's all in the past. This is about now. Let's see what they can do now." Obviously, Germany lost. So, but then going to the quarterfinals, well, France playing Italy. I mean, France playing Italy is, n- is never really an exciting thing for me, <laughs> as you can tell. But France would go on to beat Italy in the penalty shootout, and Zinedine Zidane actually made his return for that game. He would, you know, I, I know that he missed, he was suspended for the final a group game, and I, I don't know, I don't know about the round of sixteen. I don't know if he was still suspended or or if Emil Jakic decided not to feature him. I don't know, but he came back for this game and you know took the first penalty for France, and you know and Laurent Blanc would, would score the, the game winning one, and France would go four to three, and De Baggio, who, who tried the, the made the final attempt for the Italians, you know made the kick and hit and hit the the upper uh, the, the upper bar, and the ball deflected away, and man, I, I was right there on my knees. With with my hands on my my mouth, like oh god, oh god, kicks the ball, it hits the cross right, it bounced away. Holy shit! But now we get to the semifinal between France and Croatia. If you were to ask me, 
if I were at this point in age a sports writer back in 1998 in my 20s with a lot of experience and knowing the research, I would have said this game is 50-50. It could go either way. I mean, yes, France is the home team. Uh, this is their home soil. They knocked out Italy, who were definitely hav- uh, favored over them because Italy definitely outclassed the French with the talent. As, as far as the talent goes, as far as experience goes, as far as winning mentality goes. But France pulled off, you know, a major upset against Italy in a penalty shootout. So that can't go ignored. And France actually has an ability to score the goal and actually be heavily solid on both the midfield and on defense, respectively. And, of course, they had a great goalkeeper in Fabien Barthez. Okay. But in Croatia's case, Croatia had talent as well. And they were pretty solid as well, a team overall. Okay. And let's not forget, these dudes just eliminated Germany 3-0. to You can't ignore that. So really, you have the ultimate underdog of the team versus another underdog of the team, okay? Two underdogs in one roof. Of course, there can only be one winner. So one underdog was going to outperform the other, okay? But I have to stick with the guns. I still think it was 50-50. Anything could have happened, okay? Now, it was a scoreless draw in the first uh, half, okay? And there was actually a video on YouTube that I saw not long ago that at halftime... The French manager, Emile Jacquet, was fucking mad, okay? He was fucking mad. And the players actually looked frustrated because... The, the, I remember the French, you know, trying to handle the ball, create some chances, but Croatia was just right there, just thwarting every attempt. I mean, Croatia came to play. They really, they did, okay? And, and just like Germany, these guys were just not showing any fear. I mean, Croatia was simply the, like the dude that would come up to the big guy and say... Bring it on, big. Bring it on, tough guy. Let's see how tough you are, buddy. I mean, Croatia was was proving a point that you know, when, when you get doubted and you give people the results that they're not looking for, you shock the world. The motivation builds, the confidence builds. Okay, so Croatia really came to play. I mean, they were confident. So after not saying anything from the French in the, in the first half, and Croatia really just you know playing so, solidly on defense and you know doing their best, and France you know still hanging in there. Once the second half started, that's where things really picked up. Okay. In the 46th minute, ladies and gentlemen, a huge blunder committed by the French defense, specifically by Lilian Thuram, allowed Croatia's Davor Suker to be miles onside and to sneak the ball past Fabian Barthez, the Croats took a 1-0 lead. You know, I remember how I reacted, but I also remember how my dad reacted. And the funny part is, ladies and gentlemen, is that I say, it's kind of meant to be as a joke, but it really isn't. I, I I just say that what came out of my dad's mouth when that happened, he is just lucky that my mom was not sitting there. <laughs> because, you know, I was there. I was five years old. You know, my brother actually had just had his first birthday, you know, a little, a little, a little like, probably like three weeks before. <laughs> I mean, I'm just lucky that my brother wasn't there, too. I mean, I don't know if he would have understood it, but anyway. France, this defense makes a crucial and embarrassing blunder. Croatia took took advantage of it. I was like, wow. And then my dad, of course, looks at me and says, you see? You see how France does this? You know how France makes the mistake? Now, as frustrated as I was, and I'm not going to deny, yeah, I was pretty fucking mad about that, but I didn't give up hope. Because less than a minute later, that's where the magic really happened. Lilian Thuram equalizes for France, okay? 
and he rectified the mistake he had just made. And in that video, I like how the how the narrator says, Turam equalized, France equalized, and Turam was off the hook. I should say, Lilian Turam found a way to get himself off the hook. He scored for France less than a minute later. That was his first international goal. Okay. In that particular game, you know, there was an important lesson that I learned, and I think that everybody kind of learned. Although a lot of people probably already knew this certain lesson, but I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get to there in a little bit. So France equalizes. Okay. Now we really have a game. Now, but then I asked myself, who's got the advantage now mentally? Is it the French or is it the Croats? I mean, the Croats are certainly frustrated because they take the lead. And then they surrender the lead less than a minute later. Now, the French, the French are certainly excited and motivated. But could it be that this excitement is going to get in over their head? They're going to lose their concentration and that Croatia is going to take the lead back? Again, it was it was draw, okay? It was like the same way the game started. It could go either way. It was 50-50. Anything could have happened. And then in the 69th minute... Lilian Turan drills the ball in such a spectacular way to score the second goal and to score his second international career goal. I mean, in that video it says, while you're at it, why not make it two? I mean, Lilian Turan's celebration got down on his knees and kind of did that pose. <laughs> For those of you who saw the game, who remember that goal, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You remember the celebration Lilian Turan had. Unbelievable. In the 69th minute, France is up 2-1. to one. It's still not over yet, okay? 20 minutes to go. A determined, under, uh, you know, a very underrated and very focused Croatian squad. <laughs> Croatia could have come right back and just make it 2-2. Two to two. Now, the French defense in midfield had to play heavily on defense, okay? Because Croatia was threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening. I mean, even, I, mean I remember that look on Fabian Baltes' face. And look, that look in his eyes, I should say. Man, he knew that, okay, now shit just got real. I mean, Croatia is going to stop at nothing now. I better be ready for anything. But some of the saves he made, some of the stops, you know, and then, you know, kind of him, you know, just waiting for the French to be in good position so he can get the ball back out there. I mean, France France was just, you know, finishing the game. Not parking the bus, dribbling the ball around, you know, just trying to drain out the rest of the clock, you know, you know, get the Croats to get exhausted, you know, just finish it out. But while France won the game and advanced to the World Cup, it was costly because in the 74th minute, a very important player was sent off for the French. Okay, Laurent Blanc was shown the red card after allegedly slapping Croatian player Slaven Bilic. Apparently, there was a free kick for the Croats, okay? At least I believe I believe it was for the Croats. If I were to guess, yeah, it had to be for the Croats. But anyway, so as the free kick was taken, Laurent Blanc pulled Billick's shirt and apparently did something with his hand and touched him, you know, in the chest, upper chest or something like that. But Billick decided to put his hand on his forehead and go down as if he got slapped right on the forehead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Slavin Bilic, he put quite he put quite the act, didn't he? Put quite the act, and he, he, even to this day, he's he, he still says, you know, he still says that he has not he has not changed his mind on the versions of that event. 
he said that back in 2011, like 10 years ago. He said that he has not changed his mind on on the matter. He still be- he still believes that Laurent Blanc did him wrong somehow. <laughs> this was just one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. Stupid. Okay, I'm not gonna die that. Yeah, Laurent Blanc put his hands on him, but Laurent Blanc did not slap him. Okay. Yes, it certainly was controversial. Okay. Laurent Blanc made contact with the guy, but he never touched his face. Like that guy was pretending to. That guy pretended like he got slapped in the face. But the referee decides to pull out the red card and send Laurent Blanc off. Okay. I'm not sure where the Croatian player got it. If, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what he got. I mean, really, I don't even care. Because you know what? He didn't, go to, he didn't even go to the World Cup final. Okay. And, and, check, and check this out. According, according to this source... According to the Express, the UK Express, I hope I'm uh, correctly, okay. Billick maintained that he was right to go down. Okay, so it says here, okay, the, the, the he, okay. <sighs> Apparently he believes that Laurent Blanc's hand, you know, connected with his chin. And he said that he, that he was, he went, had to stay down and claim that he was injured. Wow. And he actually says he was aware that the referee would book him for diving. Well, you know what, that's exactly what he did. He dove. <laughs> And even if Laurent Blanc put his hands on, on, on the dude's chin, it's not like Laurent Blanc actually hit him. Okay. So it's a shame. Laurent Blanc does that, whatever, and the referee ejects him, okay? And even a- after that, like back in 2011, <laughs> that's Cro- that Croatian player doesn't even, do- does even, you know, change his mind. And <laughs> check this out. Here's a quote from him, and I quote, I panicked and collapsed. Why did I panic? Because only one thing mattered, not to get a yellow card, because I would have been suspended since taking a booking against Romania in the previous round. And then he ends up by saying, I'm sorry that Laurent missed the final genuinely, but the one to blame is him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, of, of course, yeah, that's, those are the words of the former manager of West Ham United. Well, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Laurent Blanc did not hit him in the face. Laurent Blanc should not have been ejected from the game. Should not have. And it's a shame because that, you know, Laurent Blanc being sent off means, you know, Laurent Blanc did not play in the World Cup final. I, yeah, I believe he would have, he would have, he was replaced by uh, Franck Leboeuf, who, who's also an excellent player. But, you know, when we think of Laurent Blanc, after France failed to qualify for the 1994 World Cup, I mean, that team was so badly criticized that Laurent Blanc contemplated retirement, okay? And Emi Jacques, when once he took over, one of the first objectives was, was to convince Laurent Blanc not to retire. So Laurent Blanc stuck with the team, really helped, you know, play, played a, a great, significant role in helping it qualify for the 96 Euro. And then it was playing a huge role in helping France reach the final. And then apparently for, for something like that, I mean, a, a player pretending to be slapped... Gets Laurent Blanc a red card. I mean, again, I'm not gonna deny the fact Laurent Blanc did put his did like touch him, but or make contact with him, but he never slapped him. He never did anything to make that player go down like that. That Croatian player put on an act, and apparently the Spanish referee Jose Maria Garcia Aranda. Yes, I'm looking at the names because I have, I have it on my notes. This, you know, apparently he bought it. Okay, so it's a damn shame. But you know what? At the end of the day, France won the game. France took the World Cup. And even though Laurent Blanc did not play in the final, all right, Laurent Blanc is still a hero. 
he was still considered a hero of the French Republic. Because if if it wasn't for him, you know, I should say I should say this, because Laurent Blanc played a huge role in helping France make it that far. It's just really a shame that he did not play in the final. But he was there, and it was great to see him. Help, you know, it was great to see him at least hold the hold the title. Okay, he got his hands on the title. He worked hard for it. He deserves as much as much recognition than anybody else. I mean, to this day, I still feel bad for Laurent Blanc. Now, y'all remember when I mentioned that after Croatia scored the first goal, how my dad reacted that he's lucky that my mom was not in the room. If you think that reaction was something, you want to know. You want to know the truth. You should have seen how he reacted when Laurent Blanc got sent off. I mean, now my dad was even more mad. Okay, now he didn't cur- He didn't cuss uh, thankfully because my mom was right there. Okay, and even even too, you know, she, even she wasn't even having it. I mean, we saw the replays. Okay, I think honestly, I think my mom was probably more disgusted than my dad. Okay, I mean, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember my dad, you know, getting up, you know, putting his hands up like that, you know, and then just doing that, you know, ang- <laughs> these angry things like that. It's a shame, really. It really was. I mean, but, you know, it was then. It was 22 years ago, really. But still, it's 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 a shame that it's, it's a shame that it had, to, it had to end this way. It really did, but. But again, Laurent Blanc went on to win the World Cup title, so at the end of the day, it's not like Laurent Blanc really got such a shit into the stick, but it's, it's just really difficult, the fact that, he, that I really believe Laurent Blanc should have played, played in the World Cup final. I mean, thankfully, his replacement, Laurent, um, Franck Leboeuf, the former Chelsea player, you know, did a good job. I mean, uh, it, what was interesting is that, you know, Franck Leboeuf was tasked with, you know, playing a significant role in defending Ronaldo. So, I mean, Franck Leboeuf really did his job well. So, so it was great. But but at the end of the day, in uh, in Laurent Blanc's case, while as difficult as it was that he didn't play in the, in the World Cup final, he still got what he deserved. He got the World Cup title. And that, and that's all that matters. But in Croatia's case, you know, them getting the bronze medal was great. But you know, I'm sure that they they wanted nothing more. They wanted the World Cup title. And of course, twenty twenty years later, the two clubs, the two countries, would meet in the World Cup final, where France would once again, once again, you know, get get you know out outplay the the Croats. You know, France this time, you know, took the gold. This time, it it, it wasn't. You know, what was on the line was different. I mean, it wasn't a final spot on the line. I mean, what was on the line was the title itself. <laughs> Ironically, you know, this game, this semifinal game finished 2-1, to one, and that final game was 4-2. to two. So everybody's big in the jokes. So the next time France and Croatia play in a game that matters, is France going to win 8-4? to four? I mean, hey, it could happen. You never know. But that game, that particular semifinal game... I mean, even to this day, you know, it's actually on YouTube. You can actually watch the entire game on YouTube. It's still, you know, in my opinion, one of the most hard-fought and entertaining games in World Cup history. And I really believe, you know, the, the, that the discipline that France showed in this game, you know, the resiliency, it helped them going against Brazil because, let's be honest, Brazil, let's be honest, Brazil was heavily favored over France, even though there was that drama surrounding that Ronaldo was not in the starting lineup because of some sort of... Uh, fit or, you know, he collapsed or something like that. I don't remember what it was exactly, but but I really believe that this game, you know, changed the mentality of the French. It changed their will to win, you know, their their hunger for the win. I mean, it motivated them, you know. 
So you know you, you gotta every minute of the game counts. I, th- I think that that's the lesson they that they they learned. You gotta play hard until the final whistle is blown because one blunder, one loss of focus, well that changes the game, but it does not change the game in your favor. France won this game two to one, a hard fought win, went on to win their first title, beating Brazil three nothing in the final, and the rest is history. Well, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you you enjoyed this episode. I'd like to remind you that Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a good night. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.